It's Radio Free 501C, the podcast of Rogue Tulips Consulting. I'm your host, Cecilia Sup. It's season six. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'd love it if you'd like, share, and comment. This week, I'm joined by my longtime friend and first-time guest, Lisa Clayton, CAE. She's a marketing expert, and we're here to talk about the five steps to a successful marketing plan. It's January 15th, 2024. Welcome to episode 224. Hey everybody, it's Monday, January 15th, and that means it's time for another episode of Radio Free 501C, brought to you by Rogue Tulips Consulting. I'm your host, Cecilia Sup. I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips, and thank you so much for joining us. To our global audience, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be. This week, I'm really excited because my longtime friend, Lisa Clayton, is finally a first-time guest on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about her area of expertise, which is marketing, and our topic is the five steps to a successful marketing plan. Lisa, welcome to the podcast, finally. Uh, Would you like to say hello to the audience and tell us about yourself? Well, hello. Thank you for having me, Cecilia. Uh, I'm Lisa Clayton, and I've been doing marketing Longer than I would care to admit, but it is a passion of mine, especially with nonprofits. Uh, I I um, I love putting marketing plans together and executing them and watching the results come in. That's the best part for me, you know, checking the metrics all the time. So fun. But anyway, I'm glad to be here. That's great. Well, I'm glad you're here, too, because we all wonder about marketing. Are we doing it right? Are we getting that success that we seek? And are we going through all of the steps that we should be taking. So I loved it when you said, you know, there's really five steps. So could you walk us through the first step? Okay, sure. Well, the first one is you really need to understand uh, your environment. You need to kind of do a situation analysis. You know, if it's a product, service, event, whatever, if you're trying to get an advocacy campaign underway, you know, what's what were your metrics last year or the year before or all of them? You know, take a look at the last couple of years and see the trends. And obviously with COVID, things have you know really changed. Mm-hmm. So where are we now? What's going on with, with your membership, your industry uh, now? So take a look at that, um, you know, and look at the results and metrics. And also, is there new competition? Is there old competition? What are they doing? Where does that fit in? Uh, what are you doing new? Uh, what, what's what's happening? So take a look at all that and, and, and figure out, you know, if if you have any new opportunities or or need to pivot in some way uh, because of the landscape. Wow, and that sounds very much like environmental scanning. Oh, I, yes, of course, that's exactly what it is. Oh, that's great. Okay, so step one is environmental scanning. That's what's right. Step two is figure out your goals. Uh, what do you want to achieve? And, you know, I'm a big fan of, of smart goals. You know, you want them to be specific. You want them to be measurable. You want to be, them to be attainable. And you want them to be, of course, realistic and timely. So uh, figure out if it's an event, how many people do you want to ha- have registered? Take a look at your history. Again, that's where that, that comes in. Take a look and say, what, what, what makes sense? What can we feasibly do? Um, and, and, and be specific too. Say we want um, we want to achieve, you know, 
2,500 book sales who want to increase membership in this category by X percent. So, uh, you know, be very, very specific. And, you know, that's interesting what you said about increasing something by a percentage. Do you feel that is the best metric for a setting a marketing goal? Or is it better to say instead of a percentage of members, say we want to have 20 new members and be that? Either smart? one. I think either one works. I think it's 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 how it sounds better to you know your your staff or your board what 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 makes what makes it sound better and what makes it sound more achievable or exciting well i just uh well i think we all know that old quote about lies damn lies and statistics uh because <laughs> it can be a little misleading because one of my favorite examples is well i have two members i now have four members i've just increased membership 50 percent. so exactly I, you know, so it's like when you're when you're looking at that, that's why I kind of wonder, you know, with marketing, if you're really trying to hit a target audience and get them to engage in whatever way it is you're looking at, then how are you going to, uh, you know, how are you going to actually count that? And so, right. you know, percentages, I think sometimes, and this is just me, uh, other people may disagree, uh, send in those angry postcards, I'm ready, if you want to disagree. Uh <laughs> but I really think sometimes boards set really unrealistic goals based on, oh, boards, absolutely. right. Instead absolutely. of, saying, you know, well, we have a hundred members in this category, let's get 50% more. And so saying, well, let's see if we can add 10 by the end of the quarter. I just saw a, uh, a plan that had a 50% increase in social media engagement in the next six months. And I just went, <laughs> That's okay okay really come on I mean what's realistic what have you done in the past is are there how many people do you have now um how are you planning to do that are you going to spend some money I mean there's just so many different questions so but the thing I'd like to say about uh, uh percentages and numbers and presenting things as a marketer I always think in terms of oh we could do a graph with that or how about you know so there's charts and graphs and I've done a lot of exhibitor and sponsorship perspectives so you really you 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 play with the numbers and you see how they look better visually so uh, that's that's funny that you you bring up what's what 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 what's the true picture <laughs> yeah really are we really well have this increased 50 percent it's like uh well okay maybe maybe not so you I know just, that, that's why I like you and you and as you know because we've known each other a long time you know I, I I'm a researcher and I'm always working with data. So I'm, I also am trying to find the best way to present it and also set those goals. So, so now we have done our environmental scan. We've set our SMART goals. So what do we do next? Well, you figure out who your target market is. That's really important in this day and age. It's always been important, but it's, it's, it's even more so now because we have so many different ways of reaching people. Um, so basically identify your target audiences and, um, you know, that's both inside your membership and outside your membership, because you're always obviously trying to sell things to your membership and you're always trying to get new members or have non-members buy, buy your product services, events, whatever. So um, develop segments or what some people call it personas. So you want to make sure that you, you know, you figure out, you take a look at your data. You take a look at what are the titles? What are the sizes of the companies that are coming from? If you have age, you can do age. We used to have age. I don't know. I haven't seen that in a while. But, you know, you kind of figure out the demographics and all the things that, that go into making up a registrant. 
and you try to you, you you try to categorize them and so that you can I mean maybe somebody's just interested in uh you know medical instruments or something and then you have somebody else who's interested in in uh the the data side of things or, or whatever I'm just making things up but the point is you you really want to understand your audience and segment them by information that will help you make better messaging and appeal to them in a way that makes them want to say yes. Well, and you know, it's interesting. You mentioned personas and I, you know, I know what they are, uh, but can, let's do a little uh, sub menu of step three here for target audience. audience. So uh, how how do you create a persona? Is it really just demographics or, or what, what, what goes into that when you're making a persona? Well, you have to really understand um, the data and and take a look at that. And then you can kind of delve out, you know, where these where these people lie. And certainly age is part of it. And you can kind of figure that out in different ways. But it really is just digging in and, and seeing the similarities and understanding who they are, what their interests are. So you come up with, you know, a person who's a student. Okay, definitely that's an easy one to figure out. Student, then you have someone with 35 years in an, in an industry or business or whatever. And then you have somebody who is brand new, but they've had other experiences. And so you just kind of, you know, go through very systematically and, and figure out what characteristics they have in common uh, and what, what's most important to them. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, you figure it out that way. I mean, I know there are scientific ways of going about it, but I'm probably not as scientific as most people. I I tend to, no, I, I'm just not. I, I look I look at who's coming and and all of that and um, figure it out from there. Right. Well, and and that makes sense, right? Creating a, a member profile or a yes folder profile, and but I guess you know what I'm thinking of is like people actually create a character persona and they give it a name and pull. You know, stuff I don't do that. You know, okay. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't go into it that deep and make this, you know, Betty bot type of person to do it. I don't, I just look at, <laughs> because I, I don't, I don't think that everybody can fit into every single category. Sometimes you have overlapping things and you mark it that way too. So um, I, I don't go into that level of personas, but I do go into categorizing people and segmenting. You know, it's so funny you mentioned Betty bot because Robert Barnes, <laughs> is their new president of of Betty Bat is moving to the U.S. from Australia to take over the company, and he's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that's really funny. And a uh, fun fact: Robert was in a study group that I mentored, one of the first study groups I mentored, and he's one of the first Australians to earn the CAE. So well done, Robert! Wow. Yeah, great. Um, so well, that's great, you know. And I've always, and like I said, I've always known what personas are, and I and I know yeah. in the age of artificial intelligence tools, uh, people are probably going to use that for research to create those personas. But um, I think that's a question people might feel like I shouldn't ask that question because I should know it already. So, but if you're using generative AI, I guess it'll make a picture of your persona now for you. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. So. Um... Yeah, I mean, I I think if you really just focus on your data and you pay attention to your your members, and you you know who your members are, uh, you know who your potential pros you know the p- potential attendees, buyers, whatever members, 
you know, and you, you keep your, you, you, you keep track of the industry. You keep track of the trends and what people need and you understand them that way. And you talk to them. And I think talking to your members is obviously a really important thing. And I ask, I, you know, I, I there have been plenty of times, you know, uh, I, I call people up and, and just ask questions and get testimonials or, or, you know, ask them what, what, what's on their mind. It really does help inform the marketing strategy. You know, it, it's just amazing what happens when you actually talk to the people. Yes. To help. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, I mean, the board is obviously a good, a good um, resource a lot of the time, not every time I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, but it also committees, you know, I, in the last organization I worked for, you know, I suggested that they use their committees to uh, inform their, their content for their conference. And they're like, oh, okay, well that, you know, cause they had done it a certain way for so long, but it ended up being a great conference because they asked and people gave them a lot of great feedback. So you got to stay on top of your, what, what's important to your members. Right. We got to work same old, same old. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause it worked before. So, doesn't mean it's going to work again. Yeah. But I mean, I think it helps you kind of have to merge the data with, you know, the, the other, the feelings mm -hmm. and the, the actual um, thoughts and needs. So, you, you, you know, it's just, it's, it's the, the human side versus the data side and right. you join those together. So that's, that's really how I, I do it. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I, I think that's a great approach because we are dealing with humans and mm -hmm. I, I, I think we were going through an era of we're just being broken down into data in in this little <laughs> piece of us and that little piece of us and nobody's really paying attention to the holistic us anymore and you know just try kind of a little bit of a mini marketing diatribe try getting through a voicemail tree anymore you know Comcast they they will just their chatbot just hangs up on you it decides oh, oh I don't you don't need to talk to anyone it just hangs up on you it's it, it's just it's crazy. So let's remember, you know, we're we're in the nonprofit management space. We can do things differently. We can take that approach of let's talk to the individuals as an entirety and, and kind of get away from that. I mean, that's a trend I, I just hate. But yeah, I think it's really hard. I've I I've worked for many different organizations and and some think that as a marketing person, you don't need to attend their events or board meetings or you know participate in the, the the administration of everything and I'm like that is so critical to get to know people and talk with them so I mean I, I can tell you for the most part yes you 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 marketing people are brought along but if there's ever a tight year they seem to be the ones that get cut so yeah. well yeah and well I'm, I'm not going to go back into the lockdown era <laughs> um, people getting let go so well, so now we know we need to do an environmental scan. We set our SMART goals. Right. And we identify our target audiences. So what do we do for step four? Well, that's really where you you um, hash out your strategy and tactics. And, that, you know, in, in some marketing plans I have, here's the strategy. And I kind of give an overview of how the tactics all integrate together. But really, strategy and tactics go hand in hand. So you figure out, okay, what are your channels? You know, what, what are your tactics? What do you, what works for each um, audience? 
you know, so you, you, you go back to your, 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 your target markets and you figure out whether or not they're going to be all be using the same tactics or get the same tactics. So basically um, right now I can tell you over the years that the tactics have just increased and increased and increased, which makes it actually really fun. But, and, and I love, I love what, I love learning about new things and I love trying new things, which is great, but it just, it gets down to, do you have enough staff? And I always say, Oh, yeah, we can try that, but wait a minute. Are we going to be able to do a good job with all the other things if we're going to try something new? So you, you have to kind of think about that. But I mean, the digital side of things has been really fun. Um, retargeting is great. Um, that I, I, I see more and more associations doing retargeting and, and Google ads. And of course, social media. I'm a big fan of social media paid marketing. It's worked well for my um, the organizations that I've worked with, and uh, especially LinkedIn, actually. LinkedIn has done very, very well. Um, some Facebook, but definitely LinkedIn for, it, it, of course, it's going to depend on who your audience is. You know, you have to figure out which, which where, where, where is your audience? So that those are, those are the, the questions you really need to ask yourself, you know, when you're, you're putting together tactics. But I can tell you right now, direct mail is still something you should throw into the mix. Um, particularly for fundraising and, and postcards are cheap. Um, I mean, for fundraising, year-end fundraising, it all starts, you know, with right before Giving Tuesday, you got to have direct mail, especially if you're not going to do all of your donors, you do your big donors, for example, but direct mail has its place and it, and it is expensive, but you could do it more affordably if you put your mind to it. So, and 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 really target who who's going to get a piece of direct mail. You know, if you're going to have people that always come to your conferences, do they need to get something? Probably not. You know, you just know they're going to be there. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to th throw out the whole direct mail thing. But uh, the other thing that I think associations don't do as well as they should, and and it's very important is influencer marketing. Influencer marketing, you know, I've had CEOs actually say, what's influencer marketing? And I'm just like another, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> their heads slap for those who are listening, <laughs> not watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you explain it to them, they go, oh, oh, right, right. Do we really need to do that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big fan of toolkits, digital toolkits for your board, digital toolkits for your staff, uh, digital toolkits for your committee members, for your, even for your conference attendees, you name it, uh, your speakers. Speakers are a huge source for conference marketing, uh, reaching people that you don't normally reach. And that's the whole point of influencer marketing is that you reach people that you don't normally reach, which is great. You know, that's, it's, that's why you do paid social, why you do, you know, uh, uh, other, you know, your, your, uh, your Google, Google ads and things, you're reaching people that you don't normally reach. And that's critical, especially when you keep uh, upping your goals. So, right. Well, anyway. yeah. And isn't that what always happens? You know, of course, more, bigger, bigger. Exactly. Um, that's another topic though, for another day. <laughs> Why are we always trying to be bigger? Why don't we focus on what we're doing? Wow. Uh, exactly. But, 
but that's not really marketing per se. So, so we've done our, envir our environmental scan. We've set our SMART goals. We've identified our target audience. And now we've set our strategy and tactics. So yes. then I'm going to guess step five is metrics. Oh, metrics are, are, are in, in, in every step. Okay. So, well, metrics, and that actually goes with strategy and tactics in this, from this point of view, um, you, when you, you're constantly looking to get your metrics as your marketing plan moves along mm -hmm. and it, and you pivot. And I'm sorry to use that word. I know we've all overused it in the last three or four years. So <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I used to play basketball and that's what you do. You pivot on your one foot. Yes, true. Foul. <laughs> so I like pivot. I, I like, I like pivot. it. <laughs> well, you know, it actually it, it actually works well in many in many cases. So, but you 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 either if you're if one segment isn't working really well, mm -hmm. you 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 just stop. You know, you look. Let's say you do four four different social media ads. You look at out of the four, which which two are working the best or which one or which three, you know, just you, you change things up. So metrics are always important from the beginning to the end. Okay. So, so I guess I should have guessed, uh, evaluate your met metrics. Uh, no, no. Oh gosh. All right. I'm not going to guess anymore. What's step five. <laughs> Budget. 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 Figuring Budget. out how to use your budget Got it. and making sure that you have each of your tactics has a realistic estimation of the cost. So, and keeping track of those. So I've worked for organizations where literally we had down to how many we were going to mail or how, how much we were going to spend on social media, how much we were going to spend on graphic design for each step of the way, you name it. So we, we had it all down so we could keep track very easily. And I've also worked for organizations where they had all their marketing money in one big pile in the budget. Well, I changed that wow. <laughs> and, 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 and put it all out, put, you know, and, and, and itemized it and, and separated the money across every marketing campaign. You need to know how much money you have. You cannot have a marketing plan functioning without knowing how much money you have. And then you keep track of that the whole way. I guess that's another metric for you. You keep track of, of how much you're spending. And the way I put together a budget is I if if you've done this campaign before or you've marketed product service event, advocacy campaign, whatever, before, you know, you can look at actuals. And so actuals are a really important thing to, 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 to keep handy. So, um, and if you don't, you know, and, and I, I always get estimates. You always want to get estimates for any everything you can from your vendors or wh whoever. Just you know, just calculate how much is it going to cost to to print this postcard. How much is it going to? How much money are we going to spend um, on social media? How much are we going to spend on you know uh, SEM? So basically, you, all that's laid out, and then you just keep track of it. And, and that sometimes you find, you know, that you want to shift money around because something's working better than another area, then you, then you know you can do it. But you don't want surprises in the end. So I highly recommend that you, you keep track of what's, what you're spending all along. No one likes surprises, especially your boss.
Brett especially, uh, yes, because <laughs> I had an incident with a previous boss where the communications director said, oh, yeah, we got approved to order all these reprints. And so I ordered them and he called me up and, and you know, I, I hope people aren't offended by this, but he chewed my ass off. Okay. <laughs> because he said, you didn't. I said, well, I thought. And he said, that's your, you're not supposed to think that's not your job. So, oh. Okay, so I have all these things. I have to do something with them now. And he was very angry that we spent marketing money without him knowing about it. So less. Well, I had one client who in their their meetings and convention department, which that I worked very closely with doing the marketing, but they just didn't look at uh, the budget when they were planning menus Mm -hmm. and they overspent by a hundred thousand (gasps) dollars. Because they just didn't look at their budgets. You have to look at your budgets. Oh, that's yeah. it's really incredible that you it's would. It's incredible. Oh, my God. I mean, sure, things happen. Things end up costing more. But if you don't look at your budget, you know, it, 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 can, it can be a real problem. Well, hey, you know, my reprints did not cost that much. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't were planned in the, in the budget. So, wow, that's so interesting. So we do environmental scanning, set our SMART goals, identify target audiences, come up with strategy and tactics, and then that's when we create the budget and manage Exactly. Great. One other point I want to make is it's, it's, it's bandwidth. You know, here, like I've mentioned, we're doing more and more and more tactics. That means more time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not necessarily that much more money, but maybe the money is allocated differently than it used to be, but I'm going to tell you, you know, it all adds up and you don't want to do a bad job on everything. You want to do a good job on everything you do. So if you don't have the staff, you can't expect your staff to be able to do more and more and more and more and more. And I, I've been caught in that trap many times. And I'm also a person goes, Oh yeah, we can do that. And I said, sure, sure, we can do that. No, I have learned that you have to say, but wait a minute, do we have the resources? Do we have money to bring in a consultant or a part-time person? Or, or you know, can we borrow somebody from another department? How can we get this done? So just, you can't just, you can't burn your people out because that, of course, is the rate of diminishing returns. So you don't want, that's a no win for anybody. Right. Well, and that's not just related to marketing either exactly law of diminishing returns i I think everybody gets wiped out overextended uh my earlier comment about the lockdown you know entire membership departments were being eliminated well somebody has to do that work so it got put on somebody else so yeah i heard that a lot actually yeah and it's and it's that relates to what we were talking about earlier about data is not the same thing as dealing with a human being. And so what you see is a lot of boards or senior staff decide, well, you know, membership's really just the database and it's really <laughs> not. It is so much more membership relations, right. that person, nurturing the community, encouraging engagement, building relationships, giving people that warm, fuzzy feeling that they don't get somewhere else. And, that, and that's really important. So I just, uh, I and I know marketing, is important across the whole organization, but do do you really see a lot of big differences when you're marketing a conference versus marketing a member service? 
Well, I think that with conferences, you probably have more influencers mm -hmm. to participate. I mean, you just, because you've got speakers, sponsors, exhibitors, staff, board, you know, you name it. Um, you don't necessarily have that many segments, so to speak, for membership. You have some members, but you're you're asking them to do something that doesn't necessarily benefit them. You're asking them just to be a good member, um, you know, and, and it, it, it's different. So I, I think that there's definitely a little more variety um, with events. But one other one other thing I want to bring up is, and I, I've said this so many times, I need a planning period. You know, people need time to think. And that's when you start doing too much and too much. You're you're going to lose quality of of um of your campaign, of your work if you don't have the time to think. So I that's I I like to make sure I tell people this. You know, you can't just go, 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 go from one thing to another. You have to settle down. That's when you take a look at your budgets and you take a look at your metrics. You just don't fly on to the next tactic. You know, you you actually have time to think. And that is where you sit down and 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 you look at how things are going. What what you want people to think? <laughs> I want people to have time to think and ponder and question and and come up with uh you know, a better path or know you're on the right path. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm just kind of joking a little bit about it because so many people say, well, I don't have time to do that. I have time to sit down and plan and think about things because we get so caught up in uh, what Jim Young called the tyranny of the urgent. And we think all this stuff's really important because, but they're really just distractions and you really mm -hmm. do need to set that time aside, especially something like a complex marketing plan, right? Because marketing is always multiple steps and many things go into it. And many, yes. and I love that you mentioned the number of tactics has increased dramatically. Mm -hmm. And so if you're increasing tactics, you need to think about that as much as you think about strategy, you know, but, the, but this is why I'm always amazed when people say to me, oh, you're so good about setting aside quiet work days. I should, I should do that. Or I wish I could do that. And I said, well, you could, you control your calendar. Just, it doesn't have to, to be a certain extent. extent. Yeah. To a certain well, we, extent. We all do. I know, now I know the fully employed, meaning you're employed, you're an employee. You're not like me working for yourself. But um, if you are an employee, you should be able to set aside two hours of quiet work time when you need it. You No, you can't take a whole day. You can't take maybe even a half a day. But I, I came up with the concept of the one week sabbatical a couple of years ago, and I wrote a blog post about it. And I kind of reported where I was halfway through and everybody was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a huge revelation. And I just said, well, but all you have to do is just control your own calendar. <laughs> you just set it aside and do that deep thinking, you know, we'll, we'll take people away on staff retreats and, we'll take a board away for a retreat for a board retreat to do strategic planning. But for some reason, we, we seem to think it's a luxury to set aside an hour a day to think about stuff. And, and you really do need to do that. And it is something I, that I do. Uh, I don't always take a whole week anymore, but if my calendar's open, I block that day off. I don't schedule things. And that's great. Really important. 
Very important. That's smart of you. Yeah. It's like we have to do. And like, you're a deep thinker. You really do think everything through. So that's really important part of marketing. That should be step one, actually, or one A, think. Well, the other part of marketing, now that you, you brought up something like that, I love brainstorming. I, I would love to have my team all in one room <clears throat> and just, you know, bounce ideas off, especially when you're coming up with themes and things like that. It, it was, I always feel that the best ideas come out of us inspiring each other and spurring, spurring ideas on. And, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. And then we all feel good about it. Yeah. Oh, I love brainstorming. I do. And mm-hmm. I love getting advice from people, even if it's unsolicited, if it's, you know, because <laughs> even if you've already heard it, you already know it. Um, and, you know, and frankly, I don't mind getting unsolicited advice because I often give it to people um, <laughs> a, about business, not about personal stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, but I think that, you know, talking to other people, it it builds up your knowledge base on that topic, but it can also build up your confidence to get something done. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of writing, but I've never actually written a book. So I talk to people who have, and I've talked to a lot of people over the years who have actually written the book and they all have something different to share about how they got to getting their book done, right? Because writers, one thing all writers have in common is procrastination, we will always find <laughs> something to do besides do that writing, do that work. Well, I got to go search Amazon or look out the window or organize my sock drawer. You just find something because you're alone with that blank page or blank, right. blank screen, you know, and you don't want to deal with it. But, well, this has been a great conversation. I think it's very digestible for people who want to work on their marketing plans, or maybe they're not familiar with marketing plans yet, and they're working on that. And this is something we can all implement. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on and sharing these five steps. And I like to ask my guest, uh, I like to ask my guest, what is the one thought you would like the audience to take away today? And how can they get in touch with you if they'd like to talk with you more about marketing? One thought, I guess. um, I guess the one thought is pay attention. Obviously, in every step, you need to pay attention. So uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn at Lisa Clayton. It's L-I-S-A-C-L-A-Y-D as in David O-N. And my profile's there. Or you can reach me by email if that's what you would like. It's Lisa Clayton with uh, 20 at Gmail. Simple. Great. Well, that's wonderful. And uh, full disclosure to the audience, uh, Rogue Tulips Consulting is currently a client of Lisa as she is doing projects uh, at this point in time. So we're enjoying working with her and she's really great. So uh, if you have the opportunity to work with her or add her to your team, I highly recommend you talk with her. So uh, we have to go rogue for now. But we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. So don't forget to subscribe or follow us on whatever your favorite podcast service is because we're everywhere. So on behalf of Lisa, uh, I'm sorry, I can't wrap up yet. I didn't tell you where my website is. So if you'd like to learn more about Rogue Tulips Consulting and how we can help you bloom outside the box, you can uh, learn more about us at rogetulips.com and check out our services page. And if you don't see exactly what you're looking for, let's have a conversation because those are just some of the things that we can offer. All of our fees are on our website on that services page. And if you're a curious sort like Lisa and myself and you are looking for some education in nonprofit management, 
check out the Rogue Tulips Education Program, which you can find at the website, the501cleague.net. Our spring 2024 session is open for registration, and we hope to see you in one of our webinars or courses. So thanks everyone for joining us. And on behalf of Lisa and myself, we'll see you next time. <laughs>